Welcome to Share Truth Applied Scripture. I am Jordan Shambly, and I am joined by Cedra Sarton. Hello. As always. As, as always. always. Yeah. I'm always here. I can't do this without you. I'm sure you could. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, um, it, it, probably once, I've had to do it without you or Wesley, mm-hmm. and I had to take, like, I had to start the recording and do everything, and I was, like, sheer panic <laughs> the whole time. I'm like, what am I, this is not me. This is not part of my job. I didn't, I don't remember this being in my job description. Like, right, I'm just yeah, like. <laughs> exactly. Well, the thing is, like, if I had to do this, you know, without you, it would be worse, because I don't know how to do what you do. If, if, if you guys are uh, confused about what we're talking about, Cedra is the one who pushes all the buttons to make this show happen, like it's, the, all the technical look, side. It's super, look, I'll show you, I'll show you in See, five I'm gonna forget, minutes. I'll forget immediately. But here, here's the beauty of that is that we have a whole radio department. <laughs> they could totally get somebody else in right. here and yeah. they would do better than me. Don't so. tell people that you're re- replaceable, Cedra. It's, <laughs> look, <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's all, all right. right, you know. Well, we're here and if you guys have never, uh, listen to us before if you have before and you've forgotten who we are uh share truth apply scripture we are the radio program for engage uh we are afa's outreach to young christians and when i say young christians i mean high school age to about mid 30s we used mm-hmm. to say millennials and then we realized millennials are getting to yes. be old and so we're no longer we're not talking to we're not old anymore. we'll never be old no <laughs> no millennials though are, are about to hit 40 and when yeah. you're when you're demographic it's supposed to be younger christians mm-hmm. which i don't think 40s old or anything because you know in nine years i'll be 40 so of course when at that time 40 is super young yeah we just forever. had to define for but, us what young christians meant and and it's basically you know graduated from high school and then mm-hmm. starting careers starting a family so about yeah. mid-30s is, is what we want to talk yeah. to and because there are specific things that uh that age bracket is going through specific questions and challenges that they're facing and we really wanted to be um a voice to sort of help uh guide and help build a biblical worldview uh, for those particular issues. Exactly. And if you want to find more content, you can go to afa.net slash the stand where you can find all kinds of articles and stuff. But there is a tab there on the stand called Engage where all of our content goes. And then if you want to receive our magazine, uh, we are part of the stand publication that goes mm-hmm. out monthly and they have dedicated four pages of con- content for Engage. Yeah. So if you want to go to afa.net slash the stand to find out more information um and then you can of course go to afr.net and find our podcast if you want to listen to older episodes absolutely well with that being said i want to welcome uh to our studio md perkins to the show thank you for being here md thank you yeah we've Uh, had you on before but you know we thought a couple of times at least and i am the millennial you know i'm 39 (laughs) right right. you're still there bumping up into that that 40 (laughs) age demographic i heard the term phasing out of engage i heard that term recently geriatric millennial okay and i I mean obviously you know we're not geriatrics here but i think i think that we all qualify we are that like upper bracket of millennials i didn't need you to say that geriatric millennial say it again (laughs) well anyway so uh md you've written a book speaking of those questions and and issues that um young 
Christians are facing today. You've written a book, Dangerous Affirmation, The Threat of Gay Christianity. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But Mm -hmm. before we do, why don't you uh, uh, tell our audience what you do here, what your role is here at AFA? Yeah, so uh, I am a film producer uh, with American Family Studios, and I'm also a research fellow of church and culture. And Mm -hmm. that kind of idea is basically I just spend time researching issues related to the church and the culture and where those two things kind of interact. Mm -hmm. And uh, all that came out of, of being a documentary film producer because you right. put a lot of research into the projects. You know, the the God Who Speaks, our documentary on biblical authority in his image, our documentary on gender and sexuality mm-hmm. issues. So um, mm-hmm. so people may be familiar with those projects. And, and w- it was really coming out of working on the, uh, the In His Image project that through the research related to that, that I began to compile um, all of this research regarding the, the issues of gay Christianity mm-hmm. and the ways in which the LGBT movement has, you know, impacted and influenced and infiltrated in many ways, uh, you know, the church overall, but also yeah. the way that it impacts evangelical Bible-believing Christians. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the book Dangerous Affirmation is trying to address. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think this is so important, too, because there, there was a time, you know, I, I mean, I remember the first time I kind of, you know, as a kid realized that there are people out there who, you know, men marrying men. And I yeah. thought that was so silly when I heard about that as like a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming from that point to, my goodness, like uh, the things that I'm seeing online with um, mm-hmm. the, these these communities where there's a, a lot of young people involved and just how it's just eaten people alive. It really has. And this has become such a huge thing now um, that y- there's no there's no pretending that it, you're, you're not going to encounter it anymore. So it is very important that Christians um, know how to address these issues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, there's no way around it mm-hmm. at this point. You know, I mean, you could say like, well, I mean, why are Christians so focused on sexuality mm-hmm. issues and stuff? And it's like, look, we didn't choose this topic yeah. to be mm-hmm. a battleground. Mm-hmm. That this is just what the culture handed to us, and this right. is where the this is where the assault is on truth, and this is where um, you know young people are being you know consumed by uh, by false ideologies that leads to destructive patterns of behavior and living that leads to you know kind of locking yourself into this kind of perpetual bondage to to sexual sin and things like that. And I mean, it, it does it has a destructive power, um, you know, spiritually speaking, it has a destructive of power in terms of the well-being of society as a yeah. whole. And so it, it, it's a topic that um, that we can't really avoid. We can't just kind of sit back and say, well, you know, it, we'll just let other people talk about it because mm-hmm. that's the thing. We've let a lot of other people talk about it. And now all of those terms have been, uh, you know, given to us by a secular society that hates God and mm-hmm. doesn't believe in, in biblical truth. And so, you know, all of those things are then um, how, how Christians are then tempted to understand and define these things coming purely from secular worldviews, secular ideologies, right. and all of those things that, that don't have the biblical, you know, concepts in mind. So, yeah. you know, if we just sit back, you know, the, there's still going to be the battle there because yeah. even if you act affirming, you know, as a, as a Christian and you're, you're just trying to be nice, at some point, you're, something more is going to be required of you mm. than you're really willing to give and, and your conscience is going to say, no, I can't go that far. So there's still going to be a push to some point with everybody yeah. where you're eventually called to to give more than you thought you would. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm thinking too, um, I've got three young children and already, you know, whether it's from, you know, a person, you know, who, who's close to our family or, um, you know, something that they've seen on television. Yeah. And we try to monitor as much as possible and we do, but you entertainment know, we, is, it, is a huge yeah, influence. Exactly. You know? and, and there's already questions we're having to answer from our five-year-old. Yeah. And it, it's, it's scary to me because I never, I, 
I never really dug into, okay, I, I know that it's a sin. I know what the Bible has to say about it. But when it comes down to, okay, now teaching my children, you know, how to think and um, how to respond um, from, from such a young age, that, that's such a challenge for me personally. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a challenge partially because it's something that we've kind of assumed mm-hmm. for years that we just understood yeah. all of these things instinctively, you know, especially when it comes down to issues of gender. Mm-hmm. Everyone just thought, well, you didn't have to really teach what is a man, what is a woman, because mm-hmm. you just had those p- mental pictures and you had those mm-hmm. those patterns of, of behavior around them in their life. But then you throw in these confusing alternate images and ideas into the mix, and then suddenly something you thought you didn't have to define, now you do. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it is a challenge. I mean, I, I think as Christians, ultimately, we have to build everything we, we think upon what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when it comes to the issues of, of sexuality and homosexuality and gen- in general, you know, I think you have to build it upon how what was God's intention in creation. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you begin. So you begin in Genesis 1 and 2. What was God's intention in design? Well, God's intention in design was a man and a woman together. They come together, and in that sexual union, the, the possibility of a child being born comes out. And so that's, that's the whole pattern of right. marriage and family. And that's why when the gay marriage debate was happening in the early 2000s that eventually led to the Obergefell decision in 2015, um, that was a monumental shift in society that we are still really coming to terms with the full impact of that mm-hmm. in terms of the normalization of homosexuality culturally. You know, because obviously you could say, well, people were still doing it. People were still seeking these things out. And yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But once you put, once you kind of put the force right. of the law behind it, now you've normalized it in a way that that generations from now, you know, people are starting to come up where, they, where you will have generations of people who've never known yeah. a time when gay marriage wasn't legal. Right. And so it'll just be this kind of shocking thing to them, like, oh, wow, like you used to think that you couldn't, that two men couldn't get married. Right. You know, how how backwards and antiquated that is. And so, you know, that's just the normalizing effect Mm. of of civic law and policy and those kinds of big level decisions that then will trickle down and have their impact on culture and society. And, and, you know, Christians are not not immune to that. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be grounded in what the scripture says. Right, right. And and for the parents listening right now who are thinking, well, my child is however old. They're too young to be learning about this kind of stuff. Um, I, you know, just from personal experience, and I know it's different for homeschool or public school. You know, if your kids are in the public school like I was, it's really hard. You can't monitor what they learn. Yeah. Even if you even if you know what the school is teaching, you can't monitor what other children are bringing in and telling your kids. And I learned about these types of things in elementary, very young age. Yeah. And age, probably a lot of parents, your kids are that age and you're thinking, well, they're not going to know about that, you know, and, and maybe they won't. But um, do you have like any suggestions or, or, or advice for the parents out there who have small kids who think, you know, who, who don't know how to approach these topics or what to not bring up yet? <laughs> yeah, I mean, always being sensitive to, you know, the development level of the child, of course, because you don't mm-hmm. want to introduce these things too, too early, you know, these ideas, because you don't want to create confusion. And you also don't want to have them linger on that as mm-hmm. as something that but you know especially depending on your your context and and the the friend group and the kind of influences that might be there just kind of poking around and paying attention to what you know just listening to things i remember my daughter once said you know my my friend 
said that that uh, that there's people who are gay, you know, and I was just like, well, gay means happy, you know, because we watch yeah. a lot of old movies, and yeah. of course, you know, <laughs> that gay meant, meant happy or carefree back in the 1920s mm-hmm. and 30s. But uh, you know, so that was kind of her response right. to it, very innocently, and uh, and then you know, this new concept got thrown out there just from a next door neighbor. We were homeschooling, yeah. but the next door mm-hmm. neighbor went to public school, and and the parents weren't Christians, and mm-hmm. so there were a lot of you know different influences there. So like even if you try and protect your kids from certain levels of influence in education, uh, you, you still have, you still can't control, like mm-hmm. you said, where they hear things, who talks, you know, things that are said even at church or in, in, in other contexts. So just really being mindful, yeah. you know, and paying attention to your kids and not being afraid to, to push back on certain ideas that they might hear in different places. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to know everything. My, sis, my, my daughter doesn't have to, you know, at six years old, know the totality of what gay or homosexuality is. Right. But just say, well, you know, there's some people who talk about that, and you know, that's not something that we as Christians mm-hmm. need to need to um, you know pursue. But um, you know, and then as as she gets older, you know, more age appropriate conversations have happened. So uh, you know, I think people want kind of a one stop. You know, I just want to have this conversation, kind the of be done talk. with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but really, it's I mean, just, just honestly, just discipleship doesn't yes. work that way. Right. You know, discipleship is time spent. You know, on the road and and as you're sitting down, as you're lying down, as you get up, as you're at the dinner table, you know, as you're in the car going to the grocery store, you know, you just never know where the, the context for these conversations arise. And yeah. just like, you don't have to have the whole conversation at mm-hmm. once. But just and every li- child is different. Yeah, just little bits and pieces here and there, you know, and over the course of, you know, a childhood, you've instilled a Christian worldview. And there will be times where you need to have the more direct, right. you know, we need to sit down and talk about this for an hour, hour and a half mm-hmm. kind of things. But, you know, a little little pieces here and there like don't don't feel like that's not impactful because it is right yeah and 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 of course uh at certain ages there will be resources that you can get and and i know afa has been involved in um producing a lot of these resources like like this book like in his image and those are probably for a bit more mature you know maybe teens and up um but there are resources out there that parents can access that will help with those conversations and for Um, this particular topic I, i do highly suggest um for the parents and for the adults uh, to check out in his image mm-hmm. and, and it, if you do have a teen in the home it might be worth showing them mm-hmm. um, because it's it's a very well done piece it covers a lot of stuff MD mm-hmm. could you go ahead and let our listeners know how they can pick that up how they can yeah watch it? in his image uh, the documentary on gender and sexuality can be found at in his image dot movie and it's available for free to watch there and you can also sign up for the AFA streaming platform if you're if you're a member you can get access to it that way and uh, and this book, Dangerous Affirmation, is available at dangerousaffirmation.net. And this is available exclusively there. You can't go find it on Amazon right. or anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, but the but the movie in his image, in his image.movie, Dangerous Affirmation, the book, dangerousaffirmation.net. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have those uh, links in the show notes of these of this episode on the podcast. Uh, so if you guys want to uh, click those, it'll take you right to them. Um, and, and talking about this, this book, so the subject is not necessarily homosexuality in general. Right. This is the threat of gay Christianity. And I kind of want to unpack that a little bit because I know for a fact that this is this is something that a lot of young Christians who are coming out of a culture where this is not only accepted but celebrated. And if yeah. you don't celebrate it, then you're you're a terrible person. Um, and so, as, as a young Christian might be struggling with this idea of I have a friend who is who is gay, mm-hmm. and they say that they're a Christian. Or is that is that incompatible completely? Are they just mistaken? They're making a mistake in their life, but they are a Christian. 
Christian. How should we how should we approach that topic? Yeah, well, first of all, theologically speaking, that is a contradiction in terms, mm-hmm. you know, that you would live as an open homosexual and embrace Christ, you know, because if homosexuality and homosexual behavior is a sin, then um, then you are living openly in sin, mm-hmm. you know, in the same way that, uh, you know, if you were, a, you know, an adulterer or a swindler or, you know, a liar and and you profess the name of Christ, you know, to t- but the difference here is that gay is a certain level of an identity marker. Right. And so that's where people, you know, are, are kind of getting into trouble. And, that, you know, honestly, like that is by design. And I mm-hmm. talk about that history in the book about where we even get this whole concept of identity around the sexual kind of, uh, you know, desire. And, you know, ultimately, like, I just want to say, like, mm. there's no such thing as a gay person. Mm. Like, <laughs> you know, homosexuality, this whole concept of sexual orientation mm-hmm. is just, it's bogus. Like, it, it was it was made to kind of internalize desire and temptation right. to the point where you, you fully identify in that way. As if, like, me as, you know, supposedly they would call me a straight, mm-hmm. you know, heterosexual man, you know, like, you could never be tempted homosexually well that's not true you know mm. any temptation is li- liable to befall anyone right because the fact that we are fallen human beings you know marred by original sin and so that that capacity uh you know to be wooed by by certain temptations is there for any of us right. so like let's let's just move away even mm. from that category of orientation and that's that's kind of a shocking thing to say a lot of people don't really yeah probably aren't even ready for that <laughs> yeah because i mean because that's just the language that's been handed to exactly. us you know yeah. i mean like we're told like no you were because here's part of it, like with the sexual orientation narrative, it's the idea that you are innately and immutably homosexual, you know, that you were born this way and that you cannot change. Mm-hmm. And and so there's that's what's being thrust, you know, yeah. down on our throats when we when we talk about this. Mm. And when when you're you're kind of embracing aspects of the, the orientation idea, right. you know, it, but like the Bible doesn't speak that way. Let's let's use biblical phrasing and biblical categories. Like the Bible talks about, um, you know, the sexually immoral, so behavior and actions. But the Bible also talks about desires and temptations. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you're basically essentializing a temptation and mm-hmm. a desire when you say that you know that you're gay. Right. And so. Like obviously, like someone could could come back and say, "Well, I've always felt this way," or you yeah, know, I didn't choose certainly. to have that. I'm not I'm not denying like your personal feeling of experience, but I'm saying that if you are going to identify as a Christian, then let's start to think like a Christian thinks. Let's use the Bible to right. to frame the way that we even think about ourselves, because that's part of the issue here mm-hmm. is that you've taken a, this secular, godless idea. That was actually used specifically to take down uh, homosexual behavior laws in in Germany, and mm-hmm. then kind of internalize this idea to where you know homosexuality used to be this action that someone would perform, and then it became this this way in which somebody felt, yeah. you know. And you can't regulate how somebody feels; you can regulate how they behave, and so that's how you can adjust the laws. And so then, you know, I mean, that was like in the 1870s, right? Um, and so, like, the trickle-down effect then through society is then that you've internalized this this kind of desire and thought life and things that you can't regulate. 
But like as Christians, let's just move away from that mm-hmm. altogether. Let's mm-hmm. just say that you know that's not that's not a legitimate category of person. There aren't gay people as opposed to straight people. There are just people mm-hmm. who are tempted in all kinds of ways and might have all kinds of different tragic things that have happened in their background that might lead them yeah. in certain ways or make them more susceptible to certain temptations. Right. Yeah. But like that's that's one of the things I try and address in the book is just yeah. that overall way. So like even the category of can you be gay and Christian mm. is like, well, like that, that's even <laughs> that that phrasing of, yeah. of the thing, you yeah. know, I have some issues with and like, let's be careful with that as believers. Yeah. And yeah. because then you start to try and justify the gay part, but and 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 the Christian part. Yeah. And you try and bring two things together that God didn't because the idea behind orientation is that mm-hmm. somehow you were born this way. Mm-hmm. Well, then that becomes a question. Did God make you that way? Mm-hmm. You know, as a Christian, that's that's then the next step is did God make you this way or what? Yeah. Then what is it? Right. You know, because mm-hmm. then some people will say, well, it's a result of the fall, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so it's it, maybe it's like a disability or something. But it's like but, you know, if you're blind, you're not. Um, you're not led towards certain temptations and behaviors because of your blindness. You know, right. blindness isn't held up as somehow that now you are more susceptible to certain temptations now because of the blindness. So anyway, the disability um, mm-hmm. argument just doesn't fly with me. So yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I went into a lot of detail on that, but I, I feel like that's that's really kind of where the rubber meets the road on this mm-hmm. culturally. Yes. I think a lot of people, you know, like let's just stop the conversation <laughs> to find terms coming in mm-hmm. before we're even just like taking on the, the cultural, you know, kind of ideas. Yeah. It, I'm glad you brought yeah. that up, though, because I do see a lot of people who uh, who realize homosexuality homosexuality is a sin, and they know that, but they live under this belief. Well, I, I'm I'm gay, and I'll mm-hmm. never not be gay. I just have to completely live uh, in Christ. I'll never get married or find love or anything like that yeah. because I'm 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 gay. I just have to push that side of mm-hmm. me back. Well, you know? yeah, and that's that's what's being promoted by yes. what's called gay celibate theology. Yes. Or you know the revoice movement. Yes. Sometimes it's called side B as a as opposed to side A, the gay affirming church. You know this is side B where like you're still born gay and you just kind of have to manage it. And some people even talk about stewarding their sexuality. It's like what, wait how how <laughs> how can you steward yeah. temptations? Like the Bible doesn't talk like that. You yeah. know like the Bible doesn't talk about stewarding mm-hmm. the ways that you de- desire things that are innately wrong mm-hmm. and opposed to God's word and what God intends for you. Wow. So mm-hmm. you, you can't really talk about stewarding that, yeah. you know, but you can talk about overcoming it. Mm-hmm. You can talk about mortifying the deeds of the flesh. You can talk about like in, in Colossians 3, 5, you know, let let no unclean thing, you, you, let... Uh, I'm losing the verse, but yeah. you know, but it defines uncleanness. It mm-hmm. talks about uh, you know evil desires. It talks about passions. It talks about things that go beyond just the actual action mm-hmm. of you know of homosexuality, and deals at the very heart of of really any kind of you know sexual or wrong desires or passions that someone yeah. might have, and with the idea, you know, there in Scripture in in Colossians that you. That you can actually put those things mm-hmm. to death. That you yes. can put the, the the deeds of the flesh to mm-hmm. death. So, like, 
the Holy Spirit actually does enable you to do that. And yeah. that's part of the, the wondrous thing about being a Christian is that we have to, mm-hmm. let's define the word Christian. Like that means that you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you mm-hmm. that is helping you to, to sanctify you, to make you more like Christ. And so just this over-identification with our quote-unquote brokenness and, you know, like we've got to be transparent so that people, you know, kind of see who we really are. So like I'm just using gay as kind of a not really my core identity. I'm just saying that that's what my experience is. But like yeah. but we don't do that with other sins. Right. So like let's let's kind of stop the, the, the role playing and put those <laughs> things aside. Yeah. And this is, is such an important question to talk about, too, um, because I, I know that a lot of Christians, especially young Christians, they want to be empathetic and they want to be mm-hmm. kind and they do see, you know, peers and, and friends who who really, really believe that this is who they are. And they want to there, – there, there's the desire to not um, say, oh, well, there's there are things in you that are wicked and sinful and displeasing for that you have to put to death yeah. um, in the, in the, for the sake of being kind and empathetic. But yeah. the most kind and most empathetic thing to do is to say, yes, those things are to be put to death and there is hope. Yeah. You know, and there is Christ and yeah. you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to stay there. It's yeah. not a hopeless situation. There is all yeah. the hope in the world. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew a guy who was so addicted to pornography that he thought he could never, and he was married, but he, he mm. thought he could never actually be satisfied with his wife without mm. the aid of pornography. But once he got out of his head, this idea that you were locked in this, that this is just who you are, that you were just... You know, however he was justifying it was basically the same kind of thing. Like, you're just born this way. This is just what your, quote unquote, besetting sin is. Mm. So that means you're always going to struggle with it. And it doesn't mean that it was easy. But like once he started to put that aside and start to think of himself like I belong to Christ and that the Holy Spirit has given me power to overcome. Mm. And I want to grow to love my wife more. Mm -hmm. And I want to think of myself less. And I want to kind of rid my life of this of this wicked behavior. Um, you know, he did begin to overcome these things. Yeah. And so, like, I just, you know, and that's that's something that uh, that isn't gay or straight, you know, kind of it, within that nomenclature. Like, a lot of people deal with kind of pornography issues. And so, like, but that's kind of the, the secret mm-hmm. way that sin works. The deception of it is it makes you think that you are just this way mm-hmm. and that, therefore, there's no overcoming. There's right. You just have to figure out ways to manage it yeah. or justify it. Um, and so that like that's really destructive wow. and that's yeah. spiritually that's where the that's where the battle is yeah. you know there's so much spiritual warfare that surrounds this issue and all sexuality issues really in total partially because you know the sexual act is kind of the spiritual union that you're taking on right. with someone and so like so there's a lot of spiritual kind of warfare and bondage that happens around that issue and mm-hmm. so like we as Christians also to not lose sight of that mm-hmm. And to, to always to have a, a, a strong prayer life, to be careful to pray over these issues and to realize that there is actual spiritual danger yeah. when we start to affirm things that we shouldn't mm-hmm. and start to justify these, these wrong ways of thinking. Wow. Well, I mean, I think we could go on for another hour probably, so we'll have to have you back on to talk about this. But thank you so much for being on with us today. Yeah. And uh, they can go to uh, dangerousaffirmation.net. That's right. um, And the link to that will be in the show notes as well. So check that out. Um, Until next week, guys, continue to share truth and apply scripture. 